So welcome to the Daz and Daz podcast, episode 3.2. As I said, if you hopefully you downloaded 3.1 and you saw that we're going to, we were talking there, of course, about sleeper contenders and about Kevin Durant on the Warriors. And we've now moved on within this conversation. We'll move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Milwaukee Bucks. And they've obviously suffered some pretty severe injuries in recent times. So we're going to talk in more detail about what's next for them and Darren also gives me a quiz which I pretty much flunk at the end of the podcast. I wanted to delete it but uh, probably in the interest of fairness I should leave it in there. So I hope you enjoy this one and uh, join us again next week. be chasing rings and we touched on briefly last week but we wanted to talk about them again it was the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, and the Zach Levine injury I guess and just looking at them and thinking well where do they go next uh, I, I think the interesting thing with them is uh, they obviously weren't going to win the title anyway this year they may be hoping to sneak into the eight seed I think that's gone by the wayside now but I guess it's time for them to reassess okay wh- where are we at what do we? Where do we want to be next year? What sort of pieces do we need? Do we look at trading Rubio? Um, I mean, I'm interested in your thoughts on that because I, I actually I thought about some of the trades I saw for Rubio, and I just thought you don't want to make this team too young, and that guy's one of the only veterans really left on the team at the moment. So I think if you take him away, is that going to stunt? Because there's this there's this automatic view that oh, if Chris Dunn comes in, he's going to start to develop better because he's playing more minutes and then Tyce Jones backs him up and he starts developing. Maybe those guys will develop better with Rubio on the roster and actually sitting back playing with him in practice or watching him play and then he moves on himself in a year, two years' time and then those guys are ready to step up. So it's again sort of touching on what we spoke about in the first episode. What's the best way to develop young players and what sort of players do we know the random I mean, would you trade Ricky Rubio for a young player? Let's say it was Rubio for Jahil Okafor, which I've seen bandied around, or even Noel. Um, another young player to bring in, and you say, OK, he's upsides more, but what are you doing to the development of this team going forward? Well, I probably first want to comment about how you have avoided... Jabari and the Bucks the entire time doing. I probably talked for ninety-seven minutes straight about it, but uh, um, devastating. So devastating for Zach. Um, uh, We've seen the recent example, obviously, with Jabari having a blown ACL. He actually came back more explosive than ever. So I still have. I've got confidence Zach will be back. And he'll be springy, Zach. Maybe he'll lose an inch or two off that vertical, but I think he's young enough, and he'll be springy enough. So let's assume for a minute that there's a, you know, it's a twelve month, um, twelve month time frame, and he'll be back. You know, about let's say first of March next year. He'll play the final twenty games for them. So Zach is back. So that's a short term. It's a short term thing. It's a much different, much different than Jabari, who's got number two, and who weighs two hundred and sixty pounds. So. On the medical stuff aside, if he comes back in a year, um, I'm really interested to see how 
Tibbs handles this because if you looked at them, I'd have to compare it, but he is a starter. He relies on the starters probably more than anyone in the league. I'd have to look at it, but they had all five players averaging 32 minutes. Oh, yeah. no, no, right? No. Now, he is not he's not a guy who likes rookies and he doesn't like, you know, deep rotations. And so you lose a guy playing 37 minutes a game. I think we're going to learn a lot the next 82 games. Let's say he misses 80 games, you know, 30 this year, the first 15 next year. I think we're going to learn a crap load. Um, I'm wondering what he actually thinks of Chris Dunn and why doesn't Dunn get more playing time? That's the first thing that jumps to my mind is he hasn't filled the gap since Levine's been out. No, he hasn't. But I think it's to your point. I don't think he trusts. I think he trusts Tyus Jones a bit more at the moment. To be to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure he trusts rookies. He's never been the guy that's played rookies big minutes, uh, and and that's been no different with Chris Dunn. Um, but he has been able to develop young guys, Tibbs. So it's it's again it's a different ways that you go about developing players, uh, and that's why I, I'd be shocked. I mean, look, I'd love to see them. Uh, just for the theatre point of view, go and trade Rubio for Derek Rose. You know, a Derek Rose uh, Tibbs reunion in Minnesota. It's probably terrible for Minnesota, but uh, I'd just like to see Rubio on the Knicks. I think for more than anything else. Um, but so I think, but to that point, I think that he's certainly got much more time for playing his veterans than playing rookies and and. He's not a coach that's going to be patient through the sort of mistakes they're going to make night to night. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think that's more about Tibbs than it is necessarily about uh, Chris Dunn. Yeah, it's just consp- conspicuous, though, isn't it? There we go. You get Tyus Jones. I saw, I caught a bit of their game against the Heat. I was interested in how that was going to go. Um, and Tyus Jones, I think, played 30, 30 minutes or something like that, and was kind of invisible and you know Dunn gets a you know dnp coach's decision and i i'm interested i need to dig in more because i didn't really think about it right the depth was so great with levine i sort of thought, okay Dunn's just gonna ride the, you know sort of a developmental year ease him into it but um i'm i'm interested to see what happens i i just gonna see what he does with his, his rotations i can't believe Dunn's not getting a run well he's only um, averaging and, 16 minutes a game yeah, but when he plays, and I go, why are you, pl- like, why are you playing Brandon Rush? You know, I go, what? Mm. You're you're a deep lottery team. You're four or five games out of the playoff spot. You've just lost Zach Levine, and here you are. Brandon Rush got whatever, you know, thirty minutes a game, thirty-five minutes in that game against Minnesota. Sorry, thirty-three. And I go, so I saw that, and I go, what? I don't have the answers. It's more of a question for me, Dez. So I'm going to totally dodge your question uh, about the roster construction because I have no idea what Tibbs is thinking. Well, Tibbs is not conventional. So he's not a guy that's going to look at analytics and he's going to look at saying, we need to play the young guys. It's just not the way he does things. Uh, He's going to have his eight guys. And it doesn't seem like Chris Dunn's one of the eight guys that he plays heavy minutes with. 
So it's now going to be Tyus Jones. That wasn't a massive surprise to me. Um, and I think we'll, we'll see what Tyus mm. Jones is made of. He, he actually's yeah. he, he's a bit inconsistent. We talked last week about Levine's inconsistency. Well, Tyus Jones is similar. He can come out and just shoot the lights out, and you think, well, who's this kid? And then the next game, he's just completely invisible. So I think we'll learn a bit about Tyus Jones and whether he's going to have an NBA future or not. Um, but speaking of NBA, so, sorry. No, so I go, just to, to round it out, I go, who has more? Because you were asking about Rubio's and where Rubio fits. And, and Rubio's been rumored for, God, for 18 months or so, right? He's been on the rumors. He was on the rumor mill for the Bucks for a while. But so who has more trade value? Ricky Rubio or, or Chris Dunn? Uh, that's a good I think Chris Dunn. I think Chris Dunn. I, I still think people... He's got un, he's got quite a bit of athleticism, Chris Dunn. Um, I didn't expect that when I sort of not that I'd watched a lot of him in college, yeah. but I, I saw him block Roy Hibbert earlier this year. Which sorry, Bucks fans, uh, that showed just how <laughs> he hasn't played up. yet. He hasn't played yet. <laughs> well, no, he hasn't even been activated. He's though, got Steve he? Novak's chair. That's right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Chris Dunn, that, that just was eye popping the athleticism the guy had and he's got a high basketball IQ so you, you sort of hope for him is he somewhere between a West, Westbrook and a Chris Paul obviously not as good as either of those guys but you know some of that basketball IQ that, that Chris Paul has as a point guard and some of the athleticism that Westbrook shows from night to night and if you can land somewhere in between there that's a really nice spot to, to land so I still think his ceiling's much higher than we know what Rubio is at the moment you know a really nice Playmaker can't shoot, will never be able to shoot. Um, yeah, doesn't get to the free throw line that much. There, you know? so there's there's things about Rubio that just don't quite fit um, in today's NBA. But I think in the right team, I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Knicks. And I mean, that's this is probably another conversation for next week. But we'll look at if you look at the point guards that Camille Anthony has had to play with, it will make you cry. It, you will literally break down and cry. Um, mm. and, then, and then they mm. lump him with, literally, I think Derek Rose might be the worst player in the NBA. If you just take the personality of the guy on and off the court, his contract, the way he plays, th- there would not be one NBA player that would want to play with that guy. And, I mean, I joked about Tibbs maybe being the only guy that could bring anything out of him. But, uh, but as I said, that, that's something for next week. But I would love to see uh, Rubio on the Knicks because I think it'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. You sort of need a point guard. I mean, they won 54 games with Jason Kidd and Jason Kidd at that point was washed up. He, he didn't hit a three for some ridiculous number of games yeah. at the end of that season and they won 54 games. So, you know, you know the type of point guard they need but they just haven't, they just haven't been able to get it. But I wanted to find we left this to last because I didn't, you know, I, I I have a way of ending this on a high, believe it or not, for you. But we did want to touch on the Bucks. It was a shocking, shocking night uh, last. What was it? Last Tuesday, I think that uh, Jabari did his second ACL. Ninth of February in Australia. <laughs> yeah, February. So you remember the day? Just just Chris Middleton comes back. Thon Maker starts making some real nice inroads. And Jabari does his knee again, and it's sort of back to square one in some regards. But talk us through the emotions uh, in Bucks Nation at the moment. 
So you've said it in 24 hours, Chris Middleton returns to the court three months ahead of time. We, ne- we didn't expect him to play the entire year. And he returns at the court, you know, we go, oh my God, here we go. We can finally, finally see the core, the three players together, which we haven't seen in basically three years. Um, at the same time, the the Ringer Post um, had a, an amazing article about about Jabari and his journey and his values. And so he's, he's getting some national play and Jabari's had a really good season. At the same time, Fawn has that piece in um, um, uh, oh God, I'm just blanking. He's um, from Bleacher Report. Right. So anyway, yeah. So um, all within 24 hours, Middleton's back. Two national uh, awesome writers have pieces on Thon and Jabari, and Jabari goes and blows his ACL the very same bloody day. And obviously, the if people don't know, it's the same the same ACL he blew in his rookie season. So um, so two years ago. Um, devastation, um, you know, victim. Why, why, why doesn't Kyrie blow his ACL? Right? Why not Clay? Why not Russ? Why? Why do Buck stars Michael Red, you know, our highest paid player for eternity, blew his ACL twice? Um, Jabari just did it, and it was I couldn't believe it'd be more devastating than when he blew it as a rookie. But it is. It's actually worse than the first time it happened because we now see what he could become. A 260-pound player with quickness like he has and the power that he has. And he was up over 40% for quite a while shooting threes. I think he's down to 37. So you go, just the cruel, cruel um, reality of being a sports fan, I suppose. And well, being and a loving your team, particular. and being a Bucks fan, I'm yeah. going to I'm going to bring you down a little bit, and then I'm going to talk you off the ledge with the Bucks because yeah. I, I don't think it's all bad news. But the, you know, the player that sums up everything that I feel from an outside looking in about the Milwaukee Bucks, there's one player that sums it up. And Al Babbitt, no, no, Robert Tractor Trailer. Oh, now. For those that don't know, it's actually, I don't mean to make light of it because it's a tragic story with Robert Tractor Trailer. But I remember the day that Dallas finally won the title and Dirk Nowitzki gets MVP, gets you know win, wins the title for the first time, one of the great players of our generation, no question. And I think a few Bucks fans might have been thinking, gee, we drafted that guy and traded him. On the very day that he's lifting the MVP trophy, down in Puerto Rico, tragically, Robert Tractor Trailer dies of a heart attack, drops dead. And what are the two headlines you see when you log on the ESPN? Dirk Nowitzki finally wins MVP. Robert Tractor Trailer tragically dies of a heart attack. And it brings into stark reality the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks traded Dirk Nowitzki for Robert Tractor Trailer. And you just thought, what a kick in the teeth. Like, what an absolute kick in the guts. <laughs> like, for the for the Milwaukee Bucks fan. I mean, obviously, it's a, outside, that's a tragic story for him. But, I mean, reading into it, he, he struggled with weight. He had, he had problems with his heart and that, that may have contributed to the problems that Tractor Trailer had in his career and he was highly rated and no one really 
knocked that pick at the time or the trade at the time. Um, I'm not sure how you felt about it at the time, but reading back on it now, it didn't seem like it was that bad. Well, there weren't, there weren't many Europeans in the NBA in whatever year that was. 2000, 2001, I forget when that was, but there weren't tons of NBA Europeans in the league. So yeah, so I thought they, most, most people wouldn't have even thought about that. No, that so at the time, the only saving grace, and that is a thank you for the, um, the, the, you know, the body blow with that story. But the only saving grace is that that trade was engineered before, and there was there Nowitzki was nowhere near the Bucks' radar, which is more a, a commentary about their lack of European scouting than it was about being complete idiots. So that's the only saving grace. Well, I think there the was story zero was more about just how the sports gods just love to punch Milwaukee. Well, that doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. So yeah. But let me um, talk you off the ledge. Where, where are you where are you going with this man? We're going to talk me, Tony. We talk Tony Mandarich now over Barry Sanders. Is that where we're headed? <laughs> let me talk you off the ledge. There's, there's three. There's a three step therapy process. I want Milwaukee right. Bucks fans to go through. The first is I want you to go onto YouTube. I want you to Google highlight, search on YouTube highlights of a guy, and I know you know him, Davis Bertans, plays for the Spurs. Okay. Have a look at this guy shooting. I think he's shooting around forty percent himself. Really athletic guy, having a good season for a rookie. Not a brilliant season. He's certainly not as good as Jabari. But the reason I want you to have a look at some of the things he's doing this year is he's blown out his ACL twice. Okay, same knee. Has he? And he actually said the second time was easier to come back from. He said because I knew what the process was he said i knew it would be nine months where i couldn't put any weight on it he said i knew exactly what i had to do to get back to playing basketball and he's come back a better player and i think it's different from when guys like michael red did it even back in the day because the sports science has come so far you can blow out your acl twice and it's not the end of your career obviously you don't wish it on anyone but i don't think it's going to have the impact on jabari that you might worried that it does okay the second thing i'd say to bucks fans is do a quick nba trade value in your head a column in your head like bill simmons does once a year or used to do and ask yourself is there one player in the nba that you would trade for straight up for Giannis right now is there one player in the nba you'd trade straight up Um, we could have a debate about Anthony Davis, but that's about it. I wouldn't even do it for, I wouldn't even entertain Carl Anthony Towns. It's always the second one who kind of gets mentioned. So I, no, I wouldn't touch. Well, Davis, I think the injury, I mean, and Beach probably the other one I'd look at, but he's, he's been injured now again. I mean, I'd, I'd say they're just being cautious with him, but, uh, Davis has also had injury, injury problems. Um, Giannis is baby LeBron. You know, he, he's not quite the force of nature that LeBron is, but you can see the tools there. For he is going to, if he stays healthy, I'll be stunned if he doesn't dominate the NBA for the next six, seven years. So you've, you've got that going for you. Without so this is a glass half full story, is it? Well, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say, look, I don't think that their trajectory has changed one bit. I think you think about in a year's time, 
Uh, and this is the other thing I want you to do. I want you to get on and I want you to, to get on YouTube and look at highlights of a guy called Malik Monk who's playing at uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Freshman guard. I think he's going to go about six or seven. I think M- Milwaukee could fall back. I, I think they're about 12 at the moment. I could easily see them falling back in that six, seven range for the draft. This guy is the perfect player for what Milwaukee need, in my opinion, because he can play, he could normally play point guard to start the game. And then as Giannis takes over the point, he can slot in the shooting guard. Um, he's shooting the lights out at the moment uh, for Kentucky. Now, I know we've seen guys shoot well in college and it hasn't translated to the NBA before, but this guy looks the real deal and just in terms of athleticism as well and the ability to shoot. Uh, they could also look at Dennis Smith Jr. If, if they wanted to go that way as well. So then you're looking at the team this time next year where, let's say, you've got Malik Monk or Brogdon or Delhi starting, whoever you want to table. We'll, we'll put Malik Monk in for the purpose of this conversation. Chris Middleton, Giannis, Jabari comes back, looks the same as Bertans does in terms of you wouldn't know he's, had, he's blown his ACL out twice. And a guy by the name of Thon Maker who is starting to look like an NBA-level centre. And to the point with, with Tibbs before, I think kids going the other way. He's starting to play the young kids now. And he realises, you know what, I'm better off throwing Thon Maker out there every night, getting some minutes into this guy, getting some miles on his legs, because chances are we're going to be relying on him this time next year. And who knows, I could, I could still see them in two, three years' time be contending for the title. So this is the big debate in Boxland that's been going on for a while, even before Jabari devastatingly blew his ACL again. And it's devastating for the franchise, right? It's devastating for Jabari. It's devastating for the locker room. It's devastating for his asset value. It's even if he thought he didn't fit perfectly next to Giannis. You know, Jabari's worth about, what, half? If he said, okay, we don't think he's a perfect fit, go out and get a, you know, it's trade Jabari, right? You go, his value is now cut in half at best, right? So it's devastating to the franchise. To the on-court product, which was where you're heading, is a different discussion where where we see the way Tibbs plays, right? He plays who he thinks fits best together to win basketball games. This is where what we're going to find out about the Bucks is is indeed. We've seen Jabari develop an amazing three-point shot. We've seen him, what, he's like fifth or sixth in the league in dunks, 20-point-a-game um, score. And you go, you wonder, has have what we've seen because – Right, we're kind of the hashtag own the future. That's the Bucks tagline. Is what's been happening in Milwaukee? Has it just been kid effectively being forced to say, you know what, this season's going to be measured on the development of Giannis and Jabari? Go and be, be damned. Right, he'll try to win games. Of course, he do, but not at the expense of of challenging Jabari and challenging Giannis. And that's probably what we've seen. We've seen Jabari. You and I talked about this. I think on Pod One some embarrassing stuff at the end of games where Jabari is not ready, you know, in crunch time to have the offense run through him. Giannis has fewer, you know, brain fart moments than, than Jabari does, but he's by no means, you know, amazing in the clutch either. And his game's still developing as, as amazing as that is. And so I do envision 
it's I leave open the possibility the Bucks will actually win more games without Jabari by having Mirza come in and Mirza hit like six threes last night, right? By having um, Thon um, play some stretch five and Giannis move into the four in places. So I leave open the fact they actually might win more games without him, but in, in no way is the franchise better. So both of those things, I guess, exist. I think look. I think you might look back on it, particularly if you fell back in the draft a bit. This might be the perfect draft for you to fall back a little bit, uh, or move up a little bit, I should say, in terms of some of the players available in, in that six seven position. So I think, and I, I'm not. I, I just don't get as worried now about these knee injuries as what we used to, because I just think we've seen so many players come back from them, and even to the point of Bertans, even come back from doing it twice. So I, yeah. I take your point in terms of trade value and things like that, and it's a kick in the guts short term. But I still think longer term, the backs were always looking two, three years down the track anyway with this team. So I'm not – I'm I'm just – I guess from my point of view outside looking in, I'm no less enthusiastic about their future today than what I was last week. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right, because the – um, he probably let's let's be honest. If he's back in twelve months, that would be fast. And so, really, what's going to happen is you're not going to have a real chance to play together with Middleton and Giannis until the off season of eighteen. And you look at the eighteen nineteen season. That's effectively what's going to happen. And now you've got a choice where Jabari was eligible for the rookie extension at this summer. Well, he's not going to get that this summer, right? So there's a whole salary cap. Do they let him go to restricted free agency discussion? That if, that's going to come as well. So it's, it, it will get it will get messy, and the, what will um, what's no doubt happening to a lesser extent in Minnesota because I think Zach is a in many ways quote easier to replace end quote because mm. um, the team still got effectively Wiggins and Towns as two of the core three um, because it, so much of this season was built around just getting Jabari to develop. It's like the whole season just a bit like no one wants to – they didn't want to play for a couple of games, right? So um, so um, I, bleh, I'm grinding to a halt. I can't talk about Jabari anymore. I've, look, what you probably also don't know is I tore my ACL three times, right? So I go, I know yeah, – I literally know three times, then you're done. That's, I go, that's exactly what it's like, right? So I literally know exactly what this is like, and it – it couldn't suck more to be Jabari, but um, we'll see. We'll start. I think perhaps next week we'll start our. I think we need to have a checking in on Tankathon and start looking at you know draft positioning and start yes. looking at the teams that are in reversed draft. Right, Brooklyn is at the number one spot and they're no not going to be caught. Brooklyn, but, uh, no one's taking that spot. But you look at the teams right around Milwaukee, um, which is Portland, Sacramento. New York, Dallas, like that sort of group of teams where if one of those or two or three of those teams started to get hot, you know, will the Bucks actually fall into that spot where someone like a um, Fox or or your guy you mentioned, Malik Monk, is actually be available? So I mean, those guys. I mean, New York is still trying to win. <clears throat> uh, Dallas is still trying to win. So there's no, and not not to say that Milwaukee and Knights and I won't be trying to win, but they're not going to be in a position, I don't think, to even think about playoffs now. So they're going to play some of the younger guys more. 
uh, they're probably going to rest Giannis if he's got a, some sort of a niggle or something like that. So I, I think it's I think that that side of it's going to get inter- interesting um, going forward. But it's certainly something I've been keeping an eye on as well to just see, and particularly with an eye on Minnesota and Milwaukee to see where they might fall back now uh, in terms of that the draft picks because uh, yeah. Minnesota could fall back as far as saying a, getting a Josh Jackson, and you throw Josh Jackson into that team. And what's that mix like now? That's going to be a crazy athletic team if, if that was the way they went, um, if a guy like that fell into their lap. So. Yeah, fair enough. I think the teams that you mentioned, the teams right around who are 8, 9, 10, 11 in, in draft order standings, Dallas, New York, Sacramento, and Portland, all trying to win games. That's, that's right. for sure. Even Philly are trying to win. So Philly are sick of losing. So they're not going to, um, you know, admittedly they're resting in bead and things like that, but you look at, they they sort of got a taste of winning this year and I think they like it. So they're, they're getting in close games and, and um, seeing it through. So uh, we the last thing we wanted to talk about was a regular segment that we, and we touched on this player already, I just wanted to give you a quick uh, opportunity to talk about Thon Maker and the development that he's showing because uh, since he moved into the starting lineup, he's shown... Uh, Shane, a little, little something for twenty-seven-year-old rookie. Twenty-eight. Twenty. I think it's. Yeah. Oh, please don't talk about his age. I can't. We did that for like three months straight in Bucksland. We that's all we talked about after the draft, right? And there, I had literally people asking me if I could, you know, um, talk to the school in Perth and get the. Surely he would have submitted his DOB, his date of birth, when he joined that middle school to learn English. <laughs> Now, I just realized finger quotes don't actually go well on a pod, do they? You can't quite see the finger quotes. But um, Thon is – he's gone from chief mascot to holy effing bleep. You see glimpses of what he can do, Daz. Uh, you've seen him play, right? And you go, mm. holy fuck. A seven-foot-one dude who plays pick and pop. You do pick and roll with him, and he'll step back and just silkily, just a just a, off his tippy toes, flick his wrist, and shoot you know a, a twenty four footer, with absolutely no effort. He's got a beautiful, how he has a beautiful deep shot. Perhaps because he's never played a basketball game, he's just been in the he's been in the gym with shooting coaches for the last eleven years. But my God, does he shoot a beautiful deep ball, Daz? Um, and I was, we were asking the question already in Bucksland. So Thon officially is 15 for 27 from three this year, right? It's like whatever, that 55% or something like that. Yep. So I go, at what point is that, a, you know, is that statistically significant? At what point do we start saying that's not a, this micro miracle sample size? And so we start looking at that and go, you know what? If he gets – if part of what Jabari's injury does is um, – Allow kid to change his lineups. And let's be clear, Thon is infinitely better suited as a stretch five than a four. Let's let's be very clear about that. So it's not he's not replacing Jabari's minutes per se. It'd be a whole bunch of different rotations. But if he starts to get a little more play, um, we might see some. There might be some flickers of hope because the minutes he does play is he go. He just guys that look like that shouldn't shoot like that. Um, and this isn't. Jokic, who's got that, you know, he chucks it up there. You know, it's a bit of, he looks like a refined Joachim Noah shooting from 27 feet, right? 
Well, I think so, he's the, we talk about prototypical players. He's the prototypical stretch five that uh, people are saying that's the future of the NBA. Where the and NBA he can run, play. yeah. So we've gone from a draft day going, what? You know, oh, he's tall and he's from, you know, he's not from the U.S. So the, the comparisons to Giannis were, you know, were, were all over the place. Um, it's now actually starting to become real, the comparisons, just because of the, you look at the body type, the energy, the speed. He's a, man, is he fast. Thon can run. And so you look at these kind of core athletic capabilities on top of a really high base. He's got that killer crossover where you're like, okay, obviously he grew up with the ball in his hands and he can shoot the three. And you go, okay, I'm actually starting to see him. He's being competent for little three and four minute flashes. Which I'm going to pick on probably Brandon Ingram the whole, you know, the whole time we do this pod. But I go, I haven't seen Brandon Ingram do what Thon has done, even for five minutes. Thon changes the game in five minute bursts. That's all he's capable of. He, he'll have five fouls in those five minutes, but that's getting us excited. And this is actually leading to me to my, um, I've got two quiz questions for you tonight, Daz. So I'm going to give you the the impossible one first, right? Is that Thon Maker's real age? <laughs> yeah, you could. It'll be multiple choice. You can pick a range, eighteen to twenty-one, twenty-one to twenty-seven, <laughs> or Zach Randolph. Yeah. <laughs> so I, he's played some ridiculous. Like he's played two hundred minutes this season, right? So it's nothing. No, it's but true. but the, the thon, of a small sample. So. It's all sample. Right? He's playing little bursts at the end, and well, he's got some starters minutes now, but. But we know how, how well he shoots from three, and his effective field goal position percentage, right, is six fifty three, which would rank him second in the NBA. All right, if he kept this up for another whatever a thousand minutes, which had me looking. Do you know? Can you name? Can you name the top whatever? Can you name the top three or four players in an effective field goal percentage in the league? Do you know who they are? Yeah, that's no. the sound I made. Effective field goal percentage. Right, it's a combination yeah. of the two, right? So it, it weights, you know, three point percentage or three point I've shooting. I feel like I saw Mike Conley's name there, but um, in one of the articles I read about him, would he be one of them? If he's not one of them, I'll I'll call it quits now. He's not. Okay, no. he's not even top twenty. I'm not sure where Conley's at. I suppose I'd guard, have to find would guards him. be good in normally in effective field goal percentage? So the the only one I got with without hesitation was number one, which is DeAndre, right? So he, he okay, literally so shoots almost seventy percent. It, yeah. it does go on that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. that's right. So DeAndre is number one, Gobert number two, Capella number three, Dwight Howard number four. They're all between sixty four and and the outlier DeAndre is at sixty nine percent, right? Literally shooting sixty nine percent from the floor. And then your first three point shooter is at number five. So who do you think is the next one behind the t- the four? The four bigs. So what the the a, a three point shooter? Yep, is number five. I don't know. Highest percentage. Was Durant? How's Durant shooting this year? He's number nine. He's right there. Yep. Is Steph's not there. He's number ten. He's just behind Durant. They're what both at Kawhi. Kawhi's been shooting pretty well. Um. Wishful thinking. No, he's <laughs> he's behind Alan Crabb and Jay Johnson on Miami. <laughs> no, nah, I can't. I can't get it. We talked about him earlier tonight. 
We've talked about him already. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. We've talked about so many players. Otto. Otto Porter, Otto number Porter. five. Yeah. Oh, okay. 63 effective field goal percentage. So, anyway. So, it. yeah. So, the, in the dare to dream, right? Dare to dream. And we were allowed to dream, especially after Jabari ACL and what we've seen Giannis do, is we see these glimpses from Thon and you go, this is this is why they took the massive gamble on the 19 or 23-year-old Thon that um, if he can shoot anywhere in the realm of 40-some percent from three um, and play defense like he could play defense mm. and run the floor like he could run the floor. To, to play defense. Yeah, like, he does. There yeah. so. I say, the Serge Ibaka type. <clears throat> so that, that that quiz is for the true true big geeks this year. So that was a bit unfair. But, yeah, no, I didn't do very well with that. But, but the second one is a lot easier. So the second one is back to Jabari. And just thinking about getting some of the outside Milwaukee, the dialogue is easy to say. It's not that huge of an impact, but, you know, he's still a 20 point scorer, you know, playing 30 some minutes a game. And you don't re- you don't replace 20 points a night very easily, which had me looking how many NBA teams had multiple this season have multiple 20 point scorers. Obviously, Milwaukee is one of them. There's eight teams that have at least two 20 point scorers, right? Milwaukee. Um, has you know, yeah. So can you name the other seven? Well, Warriors, Cavs. Yep, easy. Uh, Those are the two easy ones. Clippers. Nope. No, Clippers not. Mm-mm. Uh, I know the Spurs aren't because I don't think LMA is averaging twenty points a game. He's not. Uh, oh, now it's getting tough. So that were the two easy ones. That I'd yeah, like. I know. <laughs> oh well, uh, Portland. Correct. Would be one with McCollum and uh, Lillard. Uh, let me. Uh, no, Boston wouldn't be one. I just want to look at the standings and I'll see what teams I can see. <laughs> sure, the standings. So I have to go through all the team names. That's the. That's the. Is thing. that the standings so of the Wizards? Would in- be one, wouldn't they? Sure. Yep. The Wizards, yes. The Raptors yep. with uh, yep. Larry and DeRozan. Uh, the Bulls, Two more. Not the Bulls, no. Nope, D. Wade falls short. I think he's around 19 again. D. Wade be up there. Uh, oh, oh, no, not not the the Knicks. Nope, Zinger's around 18, I think. He's not there. Okay, I'll have one more guess, and if, we, if I miss yep. this. Yep. Uh, Minnesota, Wiggins and Towns. Yep, for sure. One left. <sighs> this is the one I... Well, what about Memphis, Gasol and Conley? Nope, Conley's no. not at 20. Okay, mm-hmm. who's the eighth? Who have I missed? Phoenix. I looked at things. I thought maybe, who would it be then, though? Yeah, Bloodsoe and Booker. Bloodsoe's yeah. averaging 20. So I knew Booker oh, was. Bloodsoe's having an amazing season. I knew yeah. Bloodsoe was putting up numbers. I didn't know he was scoring that much. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was surprised it was only eight. I started to think about it. I was thinking all the teams you mentioned, I thought, oh, it'd be at least a dozen teams that have two, have multiple 20-point scores. And yeah, okay, it's a, somewhat of an arbitrary cutoff. Um, but um, I was surprised to say there's only eight teams. Yeah, well, when you think about it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult, I mean, because it depends on the team. Like, you look at the Spurs, and certainly Aldridge could be averaging over 20 a game, depending on where he was. So, But uh, when you're playing in that sort of a system, you're not getting as many opportunities. Uh, and I think that's the case probably with Memphis as well, uh, just the fact that they're sharing the ball around. 
um, things like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that comes into it. So, well, Bucks, Bucks weren't sharing the ball. That's the point. <laughs> they weren't sharing it. I thought the one guy who was hogging it is gone. <laughs> the, poor, the poor Bucks. Oh, God. The poor Bucks. <sighs> well, look, so we'll, we'll sign off in memory of Robert Track the Trailer. We'll sign off for the Bucks. Uh, and I hope that next week will be uh, a bit more a bit more positive. A bit more positive for the men from Milwaukee. But, uh, so we've got a couple more games and then All-Star break, don't we? That's about it. That's huh? right. So I think next time we might talk. Oh, I want to talk a little Knicks, but I also want to. We might uh, do some fake trades. Uh, you can hit the trade machine the next week or so, and we'll see what we can come up with um, in terms of the nice potential trades for some contenders. It's time for Tankathon, Draft Express, and Trade Machine. That's I think it. that's right. I think we'll look at trade. We'll look at Tankathon next week. Uh, maybe we'll talk all. When is the actual All Star game? The sixteenth or something? I'm not sure. <laughs> I have no interest in the All. I think it's. I think it's on a weekend. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Eighteenth, maybe. Yes, I think it is. So I think it is. Yeah, I think that they've got five. I think there's five, five days in the calendar. There's no basketball. Yep. Yeah. All right, mate. No problems. We'll talk again next week. Anyway. Have a good week, pal. All right. Cheers. See you, bud. Bye. Bye.